Welcome to Keys to the Podcastle with Austin and Luke, where we discuss every Disney animated movie ever. Pretty much. Join us for a fun look at the classics, the not-so-classics, and the not-so-classic sequels and remakes to the classics every Wednesday. Hi there! Welcome to the Keys to the Podcastle with Luke. And I'm Austin, the number one fan of American Idol season three winner Fantasia. Fantasia Barino? Yep. I don't think I've actually heard a Fantasia song before. I just know that she won American Idol. She's so talented. I'm sure she is. She's got a huge smile, too. She's great. That's probably why she won American Idol. Yeah, honestly. She was in The Color Purple on Broadway, too, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, love her. (laughs) Don't don't make references unless you can back them up. Yeah, you're right. You're going to reference American Idol in front of me. You're right. I can only reference American Idol for like three seasons. And it's the Adam Lambert season, the David Cook season. Actually, that's about it. I know there was a third season I watched, but I couldn't tell you who won that season. The Adam Lambert season is actually the Chris Allen season because Chris Allen won. Yeah, but did he? He did. Um, okay, so I'm from Arkansas. Yeah, okay. And so is Chris Allen. Mm-hmm. And Arkansan people love it when Arkansas people do things. Mm-hmm. And Chris Allen only won because people in Little Rock, Arkansas, blew up the voting that night. Like it was not fair. <laughs> AT and T had events in in Little Rock downtown where they would teach everybody how to mass text. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, he said this thing called "kick awesome" a lot. Like that's kick awesome. He did. He did say that. I remember and that. Yeah. It, it would be on billboards in Little Rock about um, <laughs> car dealerships and stuff. Like our motorcycles are kick awesome. I'm that's not ridiculous. kidding. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he actually went to school where I went my freshman year of college. Oh wow! And continue to go for my master's degree online. Oh, wow. I don't. I'm not there. You can't find me. <laughs> so don't go looking for don't luke. go looking for luke at the university of central arkansas because i'm not there <laughs> no and neither is chris allen no no he's on to bigger and better things no he's still in arkansas oh is he yeah he's getting kids and stuff i think oh that's nice i'm happy for him you gotta live like a damn <laughs> and that's it that's the only thing that, that's it yep and then adam lambert the second placer is now like the new freddie mercury so Oh, he's so good. He is very good. The only reason he didn't win is because people are homophobic. Yeah, I agree. Oof, that's my, that's what my family said. <laughs> like when he <laughs> when he came in second, we were like, it was just that's that's not fair. No, it's not <laughs> fair at all. Anyway, so we watched Fantasia. We did clearly not the entirety of season three of American Idol, but in fact, the 1940 Disney film Fantasia. Yes, Fantasia. So Fantasia's an interesting little creature. Mm-hmm. I have a Wikipedia article up for Fantasia 2000, not the original Fantasia. <laughs> Fantasia is actually a collection of symphonically accompanied animated shorts. Yeah, it's like it's like a turbo silly symphony. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like a silly symphony on steroids. Yeah, but they're not even silly. They're not like 
there's no gags or anything. They're just kind of there. Yeah, there's a couple silly ones. There's a couple silly ones. I really liked the really silly one. That one, I think, was my favorite. Fantasia is interesting. <laughs> uh, I was really into it at the beginning, and then like, it just kind of trailed off for me. Well, we'll talk about it. So, yeah, uh, some background on the movie. It came out in 1940, as Austin previously stated, the same year that Pinocchio was released. Did you think Fantasia was good? Who? Fantasia. Oh, was it good? Yeah. Hmm. Three, two, one. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I have a very solid, like, yes on mine. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm happy for mm-hmm. you. I I struggled through some of it. Once I hit it, after intermission, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can sympathize with you there. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Background information. It was directed by a bunch of people. Uh, Samuel Armstrong, James Alger, Bill Roberts, Paul Satterfield, Ben Sharpstein, David D. Hand, Hamilton Lusky, Jim Hanley, Ford BB, our main man T. He from last time. Norman Norman Ferguson and Wilford Jackson. It was produced by Walt Disney and Ben Sharpstein. The story by Joe Grant and Dick Herner. And it was starring Leopold Stokowski and Deans Taylor. It's a lot of folks. Yeah. And featured music like the Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. The Nutcracker Suite by uh, by Tchaikovsky. The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Paul Dukas. Is it Dukas? No, it's, it's Dukas because he's French. Mm-hmm. Rite of Spring by I- Igor Stravinsky or Igor? Uh, Igor. Igor. The Pastoral Symphony by Ludwig van Beethoven. Is that correct? The pronunciation. Yes. Ludwig van Beethoven. <laughs> Ludwig van Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. Dance of the Hours by Amilcar Poncielli. Night on Bald Mountain by Manus Masagor- Masorgsky. And Ave Maria by Franz Schubert. And Slave for You by Britney Spears. Exactly. And work, bitch, by Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's what Fantasia 2020 is like. Yeah, that'd be so good. (laughs) They are developing Fantasia-related programming for Disney Plus. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I actually had an interesting fact about the um, the conductor Ludwig, uh, not Ludwig, um, Leopold. Dukowski. Leopold. He offered to do this all for free. Yeah, you did the background research? No, I, that's the only thing I read. I was watching, I was, <laughs> I looked at the Wikipedia article for like a brief moment and that's the only thing I saw. Are you looking at my notes? <laughs> I am. I revert, I'm reverse screen sharing you right now. I learned from my FBI school training. That, that's so interesting and I had no idea that that was a fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? That's crazy how kind of Leopold. <laughs> how nice. I would not have. No, I wouldn't either. Not after Snow no. White made all that money. I'd be like, Mm-mm. give me a million dollars, please. Yeah. Imagine working for Disney for free right now. <laughs> <laughs> so many people would do it. Oh, they would. They would. They're just like, I just want to be a part of the family. <laughs> I'm just like, stop. All right. So more background information. Fantasia originally starred as a Sorcerer's Apprentice Silly Symphony. Did you know that, Austin? No, no, Luke, I didn't. I told you I looked up the one fact just because it, I happened to read it. I'm sorry. It was supposed to boost popularity for Mickey Mouse, who was um, falling off. I can't imagine. And Disney wanted it to be more fantastical rather than filled with gags. Did you know about that? No, I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he contacted Leopold Stokowski, conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra, who offered to conduct it at no cost. Hey, I knew that. Did you? Yeah, I did. (laughs) 
Uh, once the cost of the short started run, running up, it became clear that it could never make the money back on its own, so they decided to expand it into, quote, the concert feature. So they collaborated with Stokowski to develop the feature. James Taylor, who was selected as the narrator, came in to commentate. People balked at the idea of distributing such a long movie with just animation stuff. It was released as a roadshow with Fantasound, which was a um, surround sound situation. Disney was really passionate about it being experienced like you were going to see a real symphony as opposed to one, one speaker behind the screen, which is how it used to be. Yeah. So it toured like a road show instead of playing in movie theaters like it normally would originally. It ran on Broadway at the Broadway Theater in New York City for 49 weeks. Oh, wow. That's cool. And it <laughs> lost a lot of money. I'm sure it did because this looked expensive. Mm-hmm. And so did Pinocchio. That's true. But Fantasia lost more. And I was going to say, like, just because of how, like, how cool it was at this point, like, for Fantasia, I was wondering if this is for children specifically or if this is more of just, like, a technological accomplishment that they just wanted to, like, show off. I don't know that if any other things was ever made with just children in mind. I guess that's true. I guess I'm kind of thinking of, like, modern Disney. I mean, even modern Disney. Well, yeah, but I'd say, like, it's marketed toward children for the most part. Right. I, I guess like it wouldn't... Like, content of movie-wise. Content of movie-wise, I guess it would have been just more of a family situation. You know, it's something yeah. you can go see with your family. People don't care now and will just take their kids to see Deadpool. That's true. Oh, I've been in the Broadway theater in New York City. Oh, wow. I saw West Side Story there. And oh, cool. In, in previews before COVID shut the world down. And <laughs> <clears throat> it's a really weirdly set-up theater. It's mm-hmm. very wide, so I can't imagine watching... A movie in there however now that i'm saying that i'm remembering that west side the west side story revival was basically just a movie because they had I the huge screen on the back they had a huge yeah. led screen that they projected the action on stage onto so i guess that makes sense well, that's kind of cool anyway <laughs> now i think it's a really cool space <laughs> you know what broadway theater is awesome fantasia is amazing <laughs> end of podcast okay let's talk about the movie yeah yeah so it opens then. up with a live it opens up with a live orchestra opening which is super neat i um i didn't expect that i i realized i had seen this movie before but i think i've only seen it in parts i've for sure only seen the later pastoral symphony section that's about it so i was not expecting uh this like live orchestra opening and i think having the the man come in at the beginning and explain what it was was actually like super helpful I loved that. I love Deems Taylor. What was that, Deems Taylor? Deems. 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 M-S. Oh, interesting. Deems. Deems Taylor. Big name. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan of his. But that's not actually how the movie starts. Oh. No, if you're watching on Disney+, Plus, it starts with a warning. Oh, that's right. Saying that there are some culturally insensitive content. <laughs> and Fantasia and I was like hmm, that's interesting yeah. <laughs> and then I just spent the whole movie I only have like one idea of what I think it might have been oh I know what it was oh it was in the pastoral symphony oh really that's not where I thought it was I thought it was there when they had the the black girl centaurs with the zebras uh, fanning Dionysus and they had like exaggerated feature facial features. Oh, I I missed that because then I, I definitely would have said that was what it was. I must have like looked down 
<laughs> or something for a second there because I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the mushrooms you because did. they had like I thought it was like some kind of like a possible like Asian. Um, oh yeah, with like their hats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with their eyes being like just little like slants, and then having their arms like in their sleeves like that. That's what I assumed. Oh, that's probably I... really racist. <laughs> it might be. Anyway, Fantasia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he opens up saying that there are three types of symphonies, one with a discernible story, one with no discernible story, and what was the other one? Uh, simply for its own sake. Simply for its own sake. And we opened up with one that was simply for its own sake, correct? Yes. And it was just Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Johann John Bach. And it was just a smattering of colors in abstract animation to the music. And I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it was so cool. Like the lights and the shadows were so cool. Having the shadow echo the lights was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was just overall like a, like, just kind of like a mind blowing piece. I don't understand how they sync up animation to the music. I don't either. The whole time I was just. How are they drawing? I think it was. I think it's twenty-four frames a second, and knowing what the breakdown is and how it's yeah. going to react to what's playing. I don't know. It's some like animation geniuses, I guess, because uh, I'm I am perplexed. I guess is there more to talk about with that? No, that one's just like a really cool kind of light show. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to open it. It is, and then we go right into the Nutcracker Suite. We do, which is almost the entirety of the Nutcracker Suite. It is. I thought the Nutcracker Suite was really cool because. And with not only the Nutcracker suit, but a lot of the pieces, instead of going with like what you might think about when you hear these pieces, Disney kind of like told their own story with it. Like the Nutcracker suite had like nothing to do with Christmas. Yes, I was a big fan of that. I noticed that too. There are women in this movie. There are fairies at the beginning. Yes. We have more than one. (laughs) (laughs) There are multiple women and they're not just fish. No. So yeah, I really liked this one. I didn't like, I watched this in two sections. I didn't like the Russian dance section of it or the mushroom section just because they kind of dragged for forever. Um, I didn't make I the liked... connection that the Chinese dance, which is the name of that section of the, the music, was the mushrooms. Oh. And I'm thinking that's a little offensive <laughs> now. It might be a, a, a tad. Mm-hmm. Um, how, that, however, though, is what uh, I'd like to share something. Um, I found out that the Mushroom song uh, sounds a lot like Professor Oak Pokemon Lab song. Wait, what? Yeah. So here's... So there's that. And then if you go to Oak's Pokemon Lab from Fire Red and Leaf Green... It's like almost the exact It is the exact same thing. I can't believe you made that connection. I did um, at like the the instant it played because I'm a turbo nerd. Um, I mean, Fire Red (laughs) was my first Pokemon game that I ever played. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I'm cool too. Mm -hmm. You are cool. We're both (laughs) super cool. Super cool. Just started the Crown Tundra as a 23-year-old. <laughs> oh, I have not started it yet. Oh, it's kind of cool. At this point of the movie, I set out that I was interested to see how long this movie will have my attention for. Uh-huh. Because I was I was into it at this time, but I was like, I know I don't typically like 
long segments of music and dancing, which is ironic because I do enjoy musical theater. But if there's a ballet section, I get bored really fast. I've never, there's not been like a ballet section of anything that I've particularly enjoyed. What about Oklahoma at Mississippi State University? Yes, there's not really been a ballet segment of a show that I've particularly (laughs) enjoyed. But Austin, Um, what about uh, specifically Oklahoma mm -hmm. at Mississippi State University? Uh, I don't have an opinion because I did not have to be in it. Me either. Um, (laughs) And I was so glad. Me and Um, Austin were in Oklahoma. (laughs) This is just Luke sharing uh, (laughs) stories now. (laughs) Theater stories. Austin and I were in Oklahoma (laughs) at Mississippi State University. And we walked Mm -hmm. into dance rehearsal for the Dream Ballet in Oklahoma. And the choreographer looked at both of us and she was like, hmm, no. Yeah, I was very happy. Me too, because it, yeah. <laughs> it was painful. It it was a little painful, but because, because I knew it wasn't because, <laughs> because I probably couldn't do it. I was like, ah, yeah. but yeah, I feel you. But anyway, I was expecting to, to have the same thing with this movie because it's two hours long. I was like, somewhere in this movie, I'm going to completely lose interest. But I don't think I actually did. So this was like a pretty interesting. I, I think it that goes to it being a bunch of different pieces that have interruptions explaining what they're going to be by Mr. Deems. Honestly, those were my favorite parts. Really? Yeah, I really liked him. I thought the whole silhouette thing was really cool. How they lit oh, all so of the cool. people. I thought it was very nice. There was that one woman behind him who was listening to everything he was saying. Very intently. So that's the Nutcracker Suite. Uh, what are my, oh, a sexy nymph, so am I, is what I said. Oh yeah. There's um, a lot of nudity in Fantasia. Also, I guess my last thing with the Nutcracker Suite is that it goes over the, uh, the changing of the seasons. I loved the colors for fall and I loved winter and the snowflakes were really cool. Didn't it go underwater at one point? They did. They did go uh, underwater. Um, I have uh, fish so pretty. Yeah, I really liked that. That was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. All right, are we good with Nutcracker Suite and ready to move on? I think so. Next. To the big one, the famous one? The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> Crash, thunder. Not to be confused with like the 2010's movie Sorcerer's Apprentice. Which is loosely based on this section of the film. Yes. <laughs> but loosely. <laughs> so this section has a defined story. Mickey Mouse is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. He watches Yin Sid, who is the Sorcerer. That's Disney backwards. Is it really? It is! Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is crazy. Do all of his magic, magic stuff. And Mickey's like, I want to do that. And then Yin Sid goes away. And then Mickey grabs the hat. And he starts to enchant a broom to carry water from one section to another section mm-hmm. over and over again. And he falls asleep while conducting the broom and wakes up to the house filled with water. And he's like, oh, no, that's not good. And then he tries to make the broom stop. And then he violently murders the broom with an axe. He sure does. And but he's the like, broom is a hydra. <laughs> the broom is a hydra. And every <laughs> splint that was ripped apart by Mickey becomes another broom. And they flood the whole place while Mickey struggles. And then Yin Sid comes in and fixes everything. But there's also a dream sequence where Mickey Mickey's dreaming about being a magical sorcerer, just like his master. Yeah, I wrote, 
um, because Mickey was controlling the stars. Instead, Mickey in this dream is either a god or could kill a god, and he does not care if there is a difference. Um, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> but the dream sequence was super cool. Do you think after this that Mickey now is a master of the arcane arts? Selena's dream. Well, I know, but like now, like now that sixty, no, 80, 80 years have passed. Do you think Mickey is now a master of the arcane arts thanks to Yen Sid's teaching, or do you think Yen Sid like kicked him out of his little magic school? I think Yen Sid just made him do chores. Maybe. Oh, you think it was like a, like an internship? Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. Because that's what that's what he's his job is is to move water from one section of the castle to the other section of the castle. Yeah, I guess you're right. I thought of Kingdom Hearts a lot during this one, only because that's what I know Yen Sid from. I see. Is from Kingdom Hearts. So I just like, <laughs> I just imagine Mickey going, did somebody mention the door to darkness? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know. I was expecting like Sora to pop up. I know, he, I knew he wouldn't. Sora? He not. Yeah, Sora. Because he was not an idea in 1940. He was not even a blip in anyone's brain. You don't know that. That's true. You're right, I don't know that. I'm the fun facts person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Uh, you're right. The history of the Kingdom Hearts series goes back to 1925, before what? Steamboat Willie was even released. That's it's true. Crazy. It's true. <laughs> and don't look it up. Please don't. Um, we should replace Splash Mountain with, I couldn't think of a, a, a title for the ride, what a ride based off of this would be. And I didn't think about editing it afterwards, so I just wrote Wet Wizard Castle. But now I don't think we should call it Wet Wizard Castle. <laughs> oh my. It's They're changing it to Princess and the Frog, though. Oh, that's right, they are. <laughs> How Fantasia is represented in the theme parks is through a show called Fantasmic. Oh. At the Hollywood Studios, which is, like, really, really cool. There's water pro- projections on water and a bunch of live performers. And the show ends with Mickey in the red robe and the blue hat on top of this huge rock commanding fire. And fireworks just, like, in the dream sequence. It's really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Like I said, we and should then- take you sometime. We should. I know that, like, right now, it seems to be pretty easy to get in and around Disney World at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I know that, from what I've heard, Disney World is, like, super, like, safe and, like, being going super crazy with, like, rules and social distancing and everything. But I just know that <laughs> I feel like my own personal, like, anxiousness after the Disney trip, like, during, I would probably be fine. But for, like, two to three weeks after that, I would be constantly thinking I had <laughs> some form of pandemic virus. Um, pandemic virus. Yeah. Just just a random one. I can't think of anything specific. If you're going for the first time, you need to wait because there's no shows or anything right now. Oh, okay. That, yeah. yeah. Then I'll wait. Basically. You want to <laughs> watch Finding Nemo and stuff. Those are really fun. You're just, people just kind of go and like buy things right now if they're pass holders. Oh, okay. That's not what I want. Well, I do. Uh, but the only thing I want to buy is a, a lightsaber. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so the brooms had defined booties. Yes. And that kind of freaked me out. I was like, why do yeah. we have to give the brooms booties? <laughs> because They're... they had to have anatomically correct legs, I guess. No, they didn't. <laughs> You're right. I guess they didn't. The artists are just like, how many booties can we put in Fantasia? And the answer quite is quite a few. Quite a few booties. <laughs> Don't even get me started on all those little Cupid babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Later on, and all the nymph booties and the broom <laughs> booties. There's so 
<laughs> so much booty. So much booty. <laughs> oh, and the horsies had like defined booties. They sure did. In the pastoral section. I don't remember if the demons had booties. I don't either. Anyway, lots of booties. Yes. So after the Sorcerer's Apprentice, we jump into the Rite of Spring. So I really liked the Rite of Spring explanation section because I didn't expect them to make a piece that was about the Big Bang slash evolution in like 1940s America. Yeah, Um, that's an interesting segue for a segment that I have planned. Yes. So I texted Austin the other day and I was like, I have an idea for a segment. (laughs) And he's like, oh, what is it? And I said, oh, my God, you're going to love it. So it's called Christian Mom Reviews. Christian Mom Reviews! I said Christian Mom Reviews. I got it. Uh, (laughs) Where I'm going to try to find crazy Christian Mom Reviews for the movies that we are watching. I found a couple for this one. Mm -hmm. From Movie Guide, which is a Christian movie review site. Okay. That will help parents protect their children from the evils of family Mm -hmm. films. Yes. Well, there's nothing really objectionable for older children. If their parents discuss the fallacy of the evolutionary worldview in the section featuring the Rite of Spring. Otherwise, children and adults will love this film and learn to appreciate great music in a new and exciting way. Then they went on to say, in fact, The Sorcerer's Apprentice serves as a good illustration of why magic is evil. Oh, does it? <laughs> Sorcery bad sent you to hell. <laughs> Not even like fake magic. I mean, like magic doesn't work like that, but it's fine. A random review from Common Sense Media, somebody just kind of went on there and typed their thoughts, mm-hmm. is title, modestly unclothed. <laughs> yeah, right. I laugh at the part in the Common Sense Media review where it said, the nymphs are, quote, Modestly unclothed. (laughs) Seriously? Can you be modest and naked at the same time? I don't think so. I know I can't. (laughs) (laughs) This movie shows fully naked female fairies and other mythical creatures. I know some people think it's art. But to me, it's just wrong. (laughs) Even now when I watch it, it doesn't feel quite right. Oh, no. Other than the whole nudity thing, the music is magical and the animation is mesmerizing. <laughs> four out of five stars. Four out of five. <laughs> she gave it four out of five. <laughs> oh, man. You can't be modest or naked at the same time. No. Christian Mom Reviews! Yeah, I feel like there, were, there, were, there was probably a lot of pearl clutching at the Rite of Spring <laughs> at the <laughs> time, I'm sure. <laughs> Amphibians, both of Satan. <laughs> so before this, I said I hope that the goof with the chimes wasn't planned. When they knocked over the chimes, oh yeah, that would have been really funny. <laughs> and they all like turned and stared at him <laughs> because that never turned into anything. So I'll, I'm going to assume that they didn't plan that, but they didn't want to re-record the entire thing. But the ride of Spring's really cool. It starts off with this like gorgeous galaxy. It kind of sounds Star Warsy at the top. Like, it almost kind of sounded like Luke's theme from Star Wars. Like, my co-host Luke, not Luke Skywalker. So the galaxy is, like, super gorgeous. Like, it's showing the, not really the Big Bang, but it's showing, like, what Earth looked like in its primordial state. There's, like, it's, like, just destruction <laughs> and volcanoes and explosions. And then eventually, little organisms floating around in this soup 
they do mitosis, they split. The evolution cycle is really cool in this. They all turn into like little fish, and then there's one brave fish that crawls onto land and becomes a dinosaur. Um, the dinosaurs are cool, but man, this section is brutal. If there was, <laughs> there's no blood, but this T-Rex comes out of nowhere and attacks this Stegosaurus, like throws him on the ground, like bites his neck and the stegosaurus like slams his tail into the t-rex's head it's brutal um <laughs> and it's kind of scary i hate it there's no blood but like boy it didn't need it i don't think <laughs> i hated this section of this movie this is <laughs> I, where i started to check out i liked it up until that point and then a lot of the dinosaurs just kind of look freaky I don't have much to say about this. <laughs> I I just didn't enjoy watching it. I hated that T-Rex. I wanted <laughs> the, what, Stegosaurus? Yeah. The Stegosaurus. I wanted the Stegosaurus to win. I thought he was. I thought he was too. But then, but no, but then I you thought, watched the life leave his eyes. <laughs> you literally watched life leave his eyes and then the T-Rex grabs him by the neck and like shakes him to death. And then the camera yeah. goes up as the T-Rex starts to eat him. So. Mm-hmm. I wonder, if because of the ex- explanation by Mr. Deems at the beginning, if at this time, a dinosaur researcher, T-Rex is the only carnivore. Because that's what he made it sound like, or if it was just for the purposes of the story. I don't know much about dinosaur research history, but I thought that was interesting, especially because even the dinosaur designs looked different then as to what they look like now, which I thought was cool. Like, the T-Rex was a little edgier. Um, yeah. And now we know that the lot wasn't there. So it was just kind of neat to see what dinosaurs looked like at the time. Yeah, that was cool. So after the Rite of Spring, we had a little intermission, which I thought we were actually going to get, but then we didn't really. No, they only, they flashed the title card for about half a second. Yeah. But it's okay. And I, then we had a little meet the soundtrack section. Yes, I like that. They pulled the quote soundtrack on and it was just like a sound wave and yeah. just basically interpreted different instruments. It was really cool. Enjoyed that. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I think it could have gone at the beginning. Instead of the Takata? I, th- I think it in the Takata could have switched places. Interesting. Well, maybe maybe not like video-wise, but I think what they were doing could have switched. I don't know. I think the it makes sense. The soundtrack part was kind of cool, but I wasn't like invested. Gotcha. Well, I mean, yeah, but imagine I we- leaving for 15 minutes, you know? That's true. Yeah. And I was just, I was about to say, thinking about like other concerts or something I've seen where like after a while they like introduce the band members or stuff. Yeah, I, I guess it fits. But it was that, I think the Meet the Soundtrack might have been my least favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. Just because oh. I was, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just wasn't as interested. Oh, that's okay. You're forgiven. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. The next uh, symphonic section is the Pastoral Symphony by Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Which lasted so long. It did. It was so long. I thought the whole thing with the pegasi and the unicorns was the cutest thing. And then it kept happening. And then we saw like the bare boobies of all the centaurs. And centauresses. Centauresses, (laughs) yes. Which I, at first, when I'm watching it, I thought those weren't real. And then I looked it up and those are actual mythical creatures. They're just very very rarely mentioned in actual mythology. Centauruses? Yeah. So, and then they kind of dance together and then Dionysus comes out. Mm-hmm. I assume that was Dionysus, not just some rando drunk guy. It was. And it's, kinda... as, it's as Bacchus above his throne. 
Ah, uh, gotcha. And they all just kind of dance together and just have all this frivolity. And then the Greek gods just kind of start being themselves. And that's always a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of ruin the party. And then they go to sleep. And then they kind of wake up the party again a little bit. And then it turns into night and then they go to bed. Yeah. I loved the colors in this section, specifically a lot of the pastels that were there with the unicorns. And all the colors were super cool with centaurs and centauresses too. I liked how they were paired up with different colors that matched them. That was really cool. All the male centaurs look the same. They're all just the same person. All centaurs look the same. They do. The centauresses all look different because they yes. all have different hairstyles and clothing, but all the centaurs just are just these like barrel-chested dudes. But I think this might have been my favorite one. Really? Yeah. I think this is my favorite one just because I'm a big sucker for like Greek mythology. Whenever it's referenced in or around something, I'm always into it. And I thought the colors and animation here were my favorite. Um, I like the colors too. It reminded me a lot of, you can see where Hercules got a lot of their artistic information inspiration from Mm -hmm. yeah i mean even zeus while not looking directly similar some of his features are similar to the zeus we get in hercules and Um, the edginess of him too hephaestus was cool seeing hephaestus forge the lightning bolts my favorite goddess representation was probably artemis in the moon shooting the stars out of the crescent moon yeah it was pretty it was really nice i'm surprised the christian mom reviews didn't mention the mythology here and the the demons later None of them did. Really? I because I, I would have definitely expected the demons because I have <laughs> I have thoughts during the demons when I was like, oh, so spooky. No, I liked this one. Okay. It was the, the Pegasi were really cute. They were that was my favorite part is when all the Pegasuses were flying mm-hmm. through the air and they landed on the water like ducks and it was just really gorgeous to look at. And then all the cherubs with their lack of genitalia and booties, mm-hmm. uh, they have those and they, you see a lot of it. And I was like, why, why don't you just wear a diaper or something? I don't know. <laughs> I do. Modestly really clothed. Yeah, yeah, right. Modestly naked. I mean, it's true. There's nothing like objectionable about it. No, but I will, I will, I will give you that it was, it was long. It was like 20 because minutes Because while long. I, yeah, while I do feel like it was my favorite section there, it definitely does, it does drag a bit. Indeed it does, indeed it does. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about this section? Um, no, I believe that's all I have for it. All right, moving on to my favorite. This one's your favorite? This one's my favorite. <laughs> it's great, it's, it's a good one. Dance of the Hours by Poncielli. It was the perfect length it was only 10 minutes long uh it's basically a ballet where the people of the morning then turn into the people of the afternoon then turn into the people of the evening which turns people of night and then they all come together for the people of the morning again people of the morning are the ostriches on point it's so good mm-hmm. and then they changed into the hippos love the hippos <laughs> obsessed with the hippos <laughs> And then they become the elephants while one hippo is laying on the settee. And then the elephants leave and then the crocodiles come in and they try to kind of eat everybody. And then all, everybody comes in and they're all just kind of messing each other up, slapping each other around. It's amazing. So <laughs> good. It's a masterpiece. And honestly, ostriches, ostriches are the perfect ballet animal. They are. I think. With their like the long legs. 
I also mm-hmm. love the gags of their necks, how they had um they had chokers on and Yes. They couldn't swallow things because the choker was in the way. <laughs> All of the animals have names, or at least there's at least one major animal that has a name. Oh really? Um mm-hmm. the lead ostrich is Madame Upanova. Funny. Hyacinth Hippo. It's either Elephant Chine or Elephant Chine. I did not look up pronunciations for it. And then it was Ben Ali Gator. That's funny. I loved um, Up and Ova. I was disappointed the rest of them were not puns. Can't get everything you want. No. I guess. I love the hippos on point. Yeah, the, the hippos on point were great. I was confused. Does the alligator want to eat the hippo or does he is he in love with the hippo? I think it goes back and forth. Yeah. Which that's fair. That's how I interact with like pizza. <laughs> I think all of the alligators wanted to eat the hippos, but I think the main alligator maybe kind of had a change of heart. Maybe. I love this part of the movie. It's really cute. It's so funny. Ugh, it's just so good. I was so sad when the hippos left. I love the hippos. <laughs> the hippos were great. That's actually the one other thing I remember from this movie was a hippo. But that I didn't know the context of it. I just remembered that Fantasia had a hippo in it. I did too. I knew there was a hippo in a choo-choo. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember. I didn't know if it was in Fantasia 2000 though. So like, I didn't know yeah, if I, I was going to get to see a hippo. Neither so did I. You, you watched this movie with your grandma, right? I did. What were her thoughts? Uh, she really enjoyed it. I was afraid I was going to lose, lose interest and she was afraid she was going to fall asleep. But neither of us did. That's good. Yeah, which was, it was very nice. It was a nice little, little time watching that movie together. A bonding moment. Mm-hmm. What was her favorite section? You know, I don't know. I did not. I did not ask her. Um, but, <laughs> but the movie ended, and you just like silently separated ways. <laughs> well, I actually, I had a rehearsal. Like, like I timed this perfectly. That I had, had like a rehearsal right after the movie ended. Ah, uh, I getcha. So I had to kind of jump right into that. But if I had to take a guess, and she can correct me later, and we'll add it into the next episode if I need to correct anything, I would guess the dance of the hours was her favorite. Oh, same. That's, we can connect over that. <laughs> you can, yeah. So after the Dance of Hours, mm-hmm. we have our final piece, The Night on Bald Mountain slash Ave Maria. This one is uh, Mr. Deems lets us know that this is like a night before Halloween piece. The devil, Satan himself, inviting all of the, the creatures that are dead, the creatures of the damned come up to the top of this mountain and they party and boogie woogie and they dance and all that. They have a good time. They're very scary. And then the morning comes, the creatures go back to the graveyard. Satan becomes the top of the mountain again. And then we see monks with candles heading into a cathedral while Ave Maria is playing. And it's very soothing and pretty. And then the movie ends. So Chernabog is Satan. I... Did not know Chernabog was from Fantasia. Remind me who Chernabog is from? Chernabog is the big Satan person with the wings. Well, yeah, I know that. But, like, is he in anything else? Yeah, he's in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, he sure is. I do remember that now. Okay. You have to fly around him. him. Yes. I thought he looked familiar. I was like, he looks like something I've seen before. I thought... Chernabog was from the Black Cauldron for some reason. Maybe he makes an appearance. Maybe he does. We won't know <laughs> for a couple years. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> um, I thought this section, I think while it was very, like, the, the ghosts and the wraiths and everything looked super cool while being very scary. 
my first note for this was this is very metal <laughs> for like <laughs> for a Disney. Like I could see this being like like you could take a screenshot from this, make it like a Dio album or like a Metallica album cover. Honestly, um, I mean you're not wrong. No. <laughs> I said I would probably be terrified as a child at this particular part. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's genuinely really scary. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's not the skeletons like from the skeleton dance where they dance all goofily. It's like almost like photorealistic wraiths and skeletons that are just being like traced over <laughs> this animated background. I know, and then it turns into Ave Maria as people walk mm-hmm. through the forest with lanterns. Lanterns. I thought there were candles. Or candles. I don't know. Candles, I'll be honest. Know. At that point, I was like over it. I also, I also kind of tuned out a little bit of Ave Maria because while the music was very pretty, I thought this the Ave Maria section in particular was kind of kind of boring. Yeah, I think it was just like a soothing end and a very big juxtaposition to the spooky demon section we had just seen. I don't know why we had to end with this one. Why didn't we end with the Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it's a it's an odd ending piece because just before Ave Maria, we have this like very scary like demon thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or we could have even we could have even ended with like Dance of the Hours. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I wasn't super interested in the Ave Maria part. It was very pretty. But I then this was also tied with the fact that for a brief second our internet went out and I had to like really get it back up and going before this rehearsal I had to go to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to hurry through this movie. I hope the credits are soon so I can go to this rehearsal I have to go to. <laughs> um, and then it ended up working out well. But I think I might have appreciated it a little more if I had taken the time to like sit and watch it. But I really didn't have that time. You know how they have that like skip 10 seconds feature? Yeah, I did that for the intermission. I, I did that for Ave Maria. I was like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I was very surprised that this movie held my attention for as long as it did, and that I didn't feel the need to skip anything except for intermission, and then I wasn't as interested in Ave Maria. But everything else, I was like pretty invested in for the most part. I get that. I I think it was about. I think I was invested for about sixty five percent of the movie for a lot of the pastoral symphony, and for a lot of Nine and Bald Mountain and Ave Maria, and for all of Rite of Spring. I was just kind of not into it. That's fair. Yeah. Also, did you see the uh, the flash of nipples on one of the demons? Speaking of nakedness. I did. That was a content warning on one of the Christian movie reviews that I saw. It, oh, we yes. didn't talk about it enough to where I could, you know, bring it up in terms of a conversation, you know. Oh, okay. I did notice that. Um, there was one other section where, where our demon friend had dancing fire in his hand and that looked really cool. And then the dancing yes. fire turned into creepy demons. And I was like, why? <laughs> why does everything have to turn into a, turn into a demon? <laughs> I was like, why couldn't it have just been like neat dancing fire? And then uh, the film ends, and that's Fantasia. It does. It ends very abruptly. <laughs> like, Ave Maria, and then it's like the Disney Plus credits. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, because the credits were at the beginning, maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember if they were either. I don't think they were. No, I don't think But I could be wrong. So yeah, that's Fantasia. It is. Now, I was going to say that normally, about this time, I would have a special quiz section for Luke going over trivia about the original story for the movie. But Fantasia is a lot of music pieces. And The Sorcerer's Apprentice was a poem, and I didn't think I could get enough content out of that. So I decided to still stick with the Disney theme. I've decided that if we happen to have a moment where there's not a whole lot of material to get from for the original story, that I'm going to find a way 
to work in one of my favorite movies. That's right. This week's quiz corner is going to be Descendants trivia. No. Um, Austin. <laughs> Austin. <laughs> no. Yes, Luke. Austin texted me this morning. He's like, I figured out the quiz. And I was like, oh, great. He's going to ask me Sorcerer's Apprentice questions. <laughs> no, it does not mean that. Okay. I couldn't find content for it. I see. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, this is one of my favorite Disney movies ever. All three of them. So, Luke, question yes. one. Oh, God. <laughs> what did Dove Cameron and Sophia Carson find out they have in common while filming Descendants? Shut up. Awesome. Is it A, <laughs> they have the same shoe size? Oh, my God. B, they have the same dress size. Oh my C, god. They're both Harry Styles fans, or D, they're best friends. <laughs> they found out that they were best friends. No, it is that they have the same shoe size. I uh, know, no. Oh, yeah, that was oh, gonna be sorry. my guess, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then you got it right. Ding, okay. Ding. ding ding. Also, I found these all from a website. <laughs> okay, great. Was as 20 crazy things only true fans of descendants know. Oh, um, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> There's only four questions, though, so don't worry. Oh, oh, thank God. I don't know what I would have done if there was five. <laughs> what role did Boo Boo Stewart originally audition for? Jesus. Was it A, Prince Ben, B, Jafar's son, Jay, C, Cruella DeVille's son, Carlos, or D, Grumpy's son, Grumpus? Boo Boo Stewart plays who? He plays, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and give you one of the answers, I guess. Boo Boo Stewart plays Jay, Jafar's son. I mean, like, he could have auditioned for that first. He could have. Grumpus? I couldn't. <laughs> Oh, did you make that one up? Okay. I did. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's an act of possibility. I'm going to guess he auditioned for Carlos. He actually auditioned for Prince Ben. Oh, yeah, that would have been a bad choice. Apparently, Boo Stewart is a very good dancer, and they didn't want to give Prince Ben like this big dancing role. They wanted to give the big dancing role to one of the main villain characters. That makes sense. Prince Ben's awful. He is. Question number three. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> What natural disaster was chilling like a villain shot during? Was it A, a tornado, B, an earthquake, C, a typhoon, or D, a snowstorm? An earthquake. It was a typhoon. What? Where? It was the last day on location for the cast and crew that were shooting in Vancouver, and it was absolutely critical that they finished shooting on time. So it was shot in an operating factory in Vancouver. In the middle of a typhoon? Mm-hmm. Okay. And on the website... <laughs> Oh, I didn't read this. <laughs> Contending with the weather didn't just mean working against background noise, though. It also posed a potential risk to safety, which in turn meant that the crew had to try their best to keep everybody calm. After all, they were supposed to be chilling, not panicking like a villain. <laughs> oh, my word. My favorite website ever. Uh, fi our final question, Luke. Who narrated the Descendants audiobook? Oh, no. Was it A, Dove Cameron, B, Cameron Boyce, C, Sophia Carson, or D, Kenny Ortega? <laughs> I want it to be Kenny Ortega so bad. I don't think it was Dove Cameron because I think she has too much to do. I don't think it was Cameron Boyce. Rest mm -hmm. in peace. I think it's Sophia Carson, but I want it to be Kenny Ortega. That is correct. It is Sophia Carson. Hell yeah! Cool. I'm, re <laughs> I'm really good at this game. <laughs> you are. I really, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the sentence was, I was just like, I'm going to find a way to work this in here. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry, audience. Well, maybe audience, if 
this is something you really want. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a recurring thing. Yes, it will. Because there's only there's only so many Descendants movies. If it ever comes up again, I'm going to try and we're going to try and go like movie by movie. I'm going to wait until I'm out of facts for each movie. And then before I move on to the next one. Austin, we're um, about to come up on a part where all the movies that we watch in a row are going to not have source material. Well, buckle up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Saludos um, Milos doesn't have source material. The Three Caballeros, Make My Music, Song of the South, well, Song of the South does. Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, that's like five movies in a row. Well, then we're going to learn about, a lot about Descendants, or if I think of something else, we'll do that. Great. <laughs> Just Disney Channel original movie trivia. <laughs> You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. I love talking about the podcast on the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll figure out what happens. It'll be a surprise every week for Luke and not me because I'll know. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'll try to make up random Christian movie reviews if they're not, <laughs> if they don't exist. Or you could like just look up bad reviews. I could just do that. That's funny too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this movie sucks. <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes is actually looking up like one star reviews for businesses oh i like doing that on amazon for products oh really i also i just doing it on common sense media is just fun for me too i've always loved just going on common sense and reading parent <laughs> reviews of movies that i'm currently watching especially if they're made for adults <laughs> because it's like why why is your kid watching it anyway yeah, like, this is disgusting. Not for anyone under or over the age of 18. And it's like, what a coincidence. It's rated R. Yeah. I'll try to find one. Oh, I'll read a review for Borat, which I watched the other day. Borat's very good, by the way. I have not watched the original movie. I've watched several clips from it because one of my roommates in the past loved Borat. He and another one of my friends showed me a lot of Borat clips, and I thought it was very funny. Give me a comedy from, like, the last 10 years. That's kind of raunchy. Uh, Blockers. That's a good one. It is. Worst movie of all time. Worst movie ever made. Terrible writing, horrible directing, poor acting. I would rather slam my fingers in the car door than sit through this piece of crap again. I'm embarrassed for the actors. That's two hours of my life. I can never get back. Save yourselves. Oh, my. This movie is the worst. I miss the days of Pretty in Pink or Breakfast Club. This was <laughs> nothing but a vulgar attempt to justify. I'm not even sure what. <laughs> Who sees John Cena in a movie and is expecting the Breakfast Club? I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna try to find other ones because this, this is just a hobby of mine that I just enjoy. One moment. Blockers is a good movie, though. Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> Two stars. Title. Beware of Waverly Place, especially if you have a daughter. Diligent parents, beware. Alex is a girl obsessed with how she looks and what boy likes her. She feels tests effortlessly and shows no concern for her poor grades. In fact, she tells her brother that she doesn't worry about making good grades because she's more worried about not ending up alone. What message are we sending to our girls? Look pretty, act dumb, and find a man that will want to date and take care of you. For a girl so young, she has one singular obsession. Boys! Even her love of clothing is driven to get a guy. Her interest in spells are driven to get a guy. If this very disturbing lack of independence and self-knowledge isn't disturbing enough, look at the contrast between Alex and the other males. The males of the family are smart and achievers. Father teaches kids magic. The sons are all competent in magic, and Alex stumbles along, usually lucking out in the end. Lesson learned. <laughs> Men are naturally smart and achieve. 
Girls should have no interest in being intellectual and don't worry, someone will save you in the end. Alex doesn't have Finally, to be a nerd. someone gets it. But Fs are unacceptable. And she spelled unacceptable like U-N-E-X-C-E-P-T-A-B-L-E. Okay, so they passed high school. Yeah. In one episode, Alex fails Spanish. She is half Hispanic on her mother's side. While father teaches the kids his heritage, mother does not. <laughs> Very patriarchal. The only reason she has an interest in passing is to guess and get a date with a guy. Overall, I'd say watch closely and discuss these issues with your kids if you are into female empowerment. Stay clear. I don't know. I feel like... um. Alex saves the day in the end of the whole show and like is a very empowered young woman. What an interesting <laughs> review. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever watched Wizards of Waverly Place and thought that deeply about it or any Disney Channel show. But some oh, have... there's another one because Good Luck Charlie had the first gay characters. Oh, that's on right. A Disney show. I'm sure that's on here somewhere. But that was sort of like a like a quote unquote thing right well not quote unquote like they were but like it was very just like bad they walked in and they were two moms and the whole episode was about them being two moms oh okay no it was like legit like they did it oh okay all of these people are like why are they so into boys and i'm like or why are they so into girls i'm like because they're teenagers teenagers (laughs) oh this is another one (laughs) Not in my Christian household. This is an abomination of a show. It has so many disgusting sexual references. Boys and girls are seen hugging each other, not side-hugging, and dancing together at a school dance. And adults don't intervene. Intervene is spelled E-I-N-T-E-R-V-E-A-N. Intervene. V-N. I can't believe that my children's friends are allowed to watch this TV show. Absolutely not. Disney-wee. Disney-wee. D-I-S-N-E-W-Y. Not in my Christian household. Angry face on Mozilla Firefox OS 2.5. Angry face on Mozilla Firefox OS 2.5. Angry face on Mozilla Firefox OS 2.5. Well, she was heated. She brought out the angry face on Mozilla Firefox. 2.5. 2.5. Sorry. I I was going to say that, but I forgot the decimals. (laughs) All right, Austin, let's rank the movie. All right, let's rank the movie. Okay, so this is the third movie that we've seen. Pinocchio was number one. Snow White is number two. So Mm -hmm. one to three. Where are you going to put it? Three, two, one, two. Two. Oh, well, that was easy. Yeah. All right, so Fantasia is going to be number two, and Pinocchio is going to be number one, and Snow White is going to be number three. Yes. Lit. All right, so uh, that's our show today. (laughs) That is our show today. What are we watching next week, Luke? I believe, oh, it's starting to rain because we have Tropical Storm Ida coming in. Yeah, the rain just passed by me. Um, now it's me because I'm north of you. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. We are watching The Reluctant Dragon next week. The Reluctant Dragon. Oh. Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. Oh, I'm a Dragon Dragon's Tales. Come on, man. Take my hand. Let's all go to Reluctant Dragon Land. Um, I think this movie, because I've never seen it, so I'm actually, that's actually, I'm pretty excited to watch it because I've never seen it. Yeah. I think that it is just dragon tails, but none of the dragons want to do anything. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I've, a- I've actually be. seen this movie. Oh, you have? This is our first movie that I will have seen. Wow. Yeah. I have never seen it, so I'm excited to watch it. It's about man- I mean, managing your expectations. It's half a documentary and half like an animated movie. Copy that. Yeah. So it's really cool. I, I liked it last time I watched it. Like, the first time I watched it years and years and years and years ago. I haven't seen it since. I might change my tune. We'll see. But The Reluctant Dragon is actually one of my favorite stories, just in general. So you might not be able to quiz me on it. 
Well, or I'll you, try. You could. <laughs> I, I can quiz you on it. Whether or not you get any of them wrong is a different That's story. And if anything, it educates our listeners. There you go. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, remember to follow us on all the social medias. I'm at Luke underscore Manual on Instagram. Austin's at Austin underscore Howith on Instagram. And Austin Howith, no underscore on Twitter. Uh, And uh, yeah, subscribe to our podcast and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can uh, talk to more people and share us uh, with your friends. Okay, now bye. Mm -hmm. Bye.